0: it was one day before Christmas, a woman woke up one morning and told her husband who was sleeping next to her, I just had the best dream. I dreamed that you gave me a pearl necklace for Christmas. What do you think this dream means? Her husband turned and responded to her her cheerfully, you'll know tomorrow. The next morning, Christmas morning, the woman woke up woke up and smiled lovingly at her husband, and she said, I, I just had the best dream. I dreamed again that you gave me a pearl necklace for Christmas. What do you think this dream means? And the husband turned and smiled back to her and said, you'll know tonight. That evening after dinner with some friends, the couple returned home and they sat down around their beautiful Christmas tree and they started to open all of their presents. And then after all of the gifts had been opened, the husband produced one more small package and gave it to his wife. And she was delighted. She was overjoyed. She opened it gently and carefully and when she did, she found a book. And the book's title was The Meaning of Dreams. I wonder, what, what have you been dreaming about lately? Do you put much stock in those dreams? Do, do they mean anything to you? Freud, in his day, talked a lot about dreams. He said that they were wish fulfillments from the previous day. Something would happen in the day preceding the dream, and then in that dream, the the day residue, he said, would show up in various ways. Jung also wrote a good bit about dreams and how important they are to our lives. If you go to any bookstore, you'll no doubt find a a whole section devoted to the interpretation of dreams. What, What have you been dreaming about lately? We're in the first chapter of Matthew's gospel account today, and we're hearing about a dream. This passage that we are hearing today is actually Matthew's version of the Nativity story. It's, as you can tell, not as dramatic as the Luke version. There are no stars, there are no shepherds, there are no animals or crowded inns or swaddling clothes. The Nativity story happens very fast. Now, the birth of Jesus took place in this way is how the passage begins, and then just a few verses later we're told that the Son of God is born and he has been given a name, Jesus, Emmanuel. God is with us. One of the things that we do find in both of the versions of the Nativity story is an angel delivering messages from God. In Luke's version, the angel Gabriel visits Mary to announce the birth. There are then later angels who sing after the Messiah is born. In Matthew's version, we hear about an angel speaking to Joseph in a dream. Do not be afraid, the angel says. Don't be afraid, Joseph. Now, Joseph's fear is probably different than the fear that Mary was experiencing when the angel Gabriel visited her. Joseph's fear hinges on whether or not he is doing the right thing. That is, whether or not he will be following the law if he remains married to Mary, a woman who is pregnant with someone else's child. Joseph is trying to find a a graceful way out. This Christmas gift is not one that Joseph wants to keep. Surely there is some way I can get out of this, he had to be wondering. And I, and I say all of that not to say that, that Joseph was a bad person or an immoral person or an insensitive person. He was, he was not that. Joseph was a good person, a, a very good person. In fact, we're told in this passage from Matthew that he was righteous. He was a God-fearing Jew who knew the law, and he wanted to do the right thing for his wife he would, rather than disgrace her publicly, dismiss her quietly so that she could return to her family. That was the right thing for him to do. It was the best thing to do. In Joseph's day, there were only two realistic possibilities when faced with this sort of situation. He could either publicly declare his injury, in which case Mary would have almost certainly been stoned, or he could divorce her quietly and let her hopefully return back to her family. Joseph chooses that latter option. It's on his own, Joseph can't, can't recognize the right thing to do, and so he needs the help of, of God. He needs the help of God's messengers. And so the angel visits Joseph and says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The baby she is carrying is from God, and that baby will save God's people From their sins. And Joseph, being the righteous man that he was, listens to God's messenger. Joseph had listened to God all throughout his life, and this time is no different. I think that Joseph understood that even though he was going against all that he was taught growing up, he would sacrifice all of that because he wanted to listen to God. I wonder, do we Do we pay attention to the messengers that God sends to us, to you and to me? I'm not talking about angels per se, but but messengers. These messengers don't have to be as dramatic as the ones that visited Joseph in our story for today, but maybe they are sometimes. Every now and again, as a priest, I'm asked something like, "Why, why doesn't God speak to me directly? Or, Wouldn't it be great if God sent an angel to talk to me, to tell me what to do? Why doesn't God speak to me through a burning bush? Why doesn't God do anything like that anymore? Have you ever wondered anything like that? I know from time to time I wonder that as I'm saying my prayers to God. God, why don't you just send an angel and tell me what to do? It's a good question. It's an important question, and the short answer uh, that I would give is this. I I don't know. I don't know why God doesn't speak to you and why God doesn't speak to me in these same ways. But I'm confident, I'm confident as a person of faith, as a person of prayer, that God speaks to us and that God sends us messengers. And so I'll ask again, are you, are you paying attention to the messengers that God is sending your way? We're close to Christmas, as you all know, so close. It's, it's the fourth Sunday of Advent. Christmas is just a week away. All this week here at St. John's Church, we'll be preparing bulletins and music and flowers and sermons for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. You and your homes are probably thinking about food and family and gifts that you will give to other special people in your life. I'm always reminded this time of year of something that one of my good friends, a priest, has said about gift giving. He says that the greatest gift that we can give to other people is to believe, to believe in them, to believe in their dreams. He says that the best thing we can do for other people, especially people who are hurting, people who are crying out for help, people who are in need of some sort of good news, is to listen and to love and to believe in their dreams. Believe that they might be delivered from their nightmares, if that might be the case. Believe, he says, and then act. I've been watching and reading and thinking about, as I'm sure all of you have, the horrible news of what's been happening in Aleppo. You all are seeing this every day in the newspaper, on your TVs. The images of, of children being killed is almost too much for me to bear. If you're paying attention to social media like I have been this past week, there were lots and lots of posts from people who are trapped in Aleppo and they're talking about how they are giving up on all of their dreams of escaping that violence and horror. They are resigned to the fact that the world's superpowers are going to do nothing to help them. They say it would be better if we died to get out of all of this. I was struck as I watched one video put out by, I think it was the BBC, of a, a woman discovering that many of her children uh, had died after a barrel bomb hit her apartment building. She says, we were home sleeping, and then suddenly the whole building just fell in on us. Another video showed uh, these terrible scenes of children bloodied and, and, and dying, and the narrator says, Aleppo is a city where the children have stopped crying, and then the camera panned into a, a young teenage boy who was holding his infant brother, and uh, the brother was dead. The children have stopped crying because they are being killed. They are being slaughtered. What message do you hear when you, when you see those images? What is God calling you to do? How is God calling you to act? I've committed myself to, to, to doing something in the wake of all of this. I've committed myself to praying every day for the people of, people of Aleppo, praying for relief. I hope that you will do the same thing. I've committed myself to supporting uh, as much as I can various relief agencies who are doing the unimaginable work of, of going into Aleppo after uh, a, a building has been bombed and literally pulling out bodies from the rubble. I've committed myself to contacting elected officials to urge them to do something, to expand the the refugee admission program here in this country. I've I've committed committed myself to act in some way. And I know that on my own, that's probably not going to amount to very much. That's very little in the end. But I wonder if we all hear and see these messages, and if we all together do something, if we act in some way, will it make a difference? I think, I think that it will. I think that it can. We hear today in this wonderful reading a story about a dream a dream calling Joseph to to believe, to trust in God, and then to act even if it means going against everything that he knows. Just as God spoke to Joseph, God speaks to us. God calls us. God urges us to act. As we prepare ourselves once again to celebrate the birth of our Savior, let us not be afraid to act in new and different ways. The birth of Jesus means many things to us. It means that God became human. It means that God is with us, that God is among us. And it also means, as that angel said to Mary, that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Not poverty, not war, not injustice, not cruel rulers like Herod. Nothing can thwart God's desires in this world. But the thing is, we, we have to be willing to participate in those desires because God acts through us, through you and through me. The message of the angel is a message for you and me. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. For nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Amen.